What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is so nice to be back here. And uh, very, very nice to have a longtime friend back on the show, Arwin. Yes, I'm finally back after what seems like ages. I know. What happened to you? Where did you go? I have a new series and a new Instagram account for Machi Roast. Don't forget to follow me at Machi Roast. Wow. First things first, plug your own self. Yeah. <laughs> Ask you where you've been, how have you been, you know, how are you, are things doing well? Is a plug your show first. You know. I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations on the on the new show. Thank you. Thank I think you. it's been getting a lot of. Uh, I don't know. How's it been for you? It's been good. Very positive outcome, and I'm loving uh, whatever I'm doing now, which is what what this is what matters most to me. So, yeah, I mean, I, for for those listening, I mean, could you please explain? You know, like you have two shows right now. Yeah. So basically, my Instagram account, my personal Instagram account, is mm-hmm. now a self-help platform where yep. I post um, um, moral-based stories, and I post quotes, I post uh, inspirational uh, uh, experiences to help people overcome issues and and and, and things which they find hard to uh, f- uh, find relief in. Mm-hmm. And then I separated my Machi Rosma account from myself because yep. I wanted to have my own identity. Because every time I go, people call me Machi Rose, Machi Rose. I'm yeah. like, no, my name is Arvin Kumar. So I had to separate her. From me, but she's still with me, so you know. <laughs> yeah, because she, uh, yeah, she's still with you. That's right. She's at home right now, cooking dinner. Yes, brand new video dropping this week. <laughs> oh yes, okay. And congratulations on that. But today we have a, a very, very special guest. Um, quite excited to have her on the show. Actually, haha, I gave it away already. It's a girl. Um, <laughs> this girl has a lot of uh, titles under her name. Actually, um, you know, not just about competitions, but you know, she's done a lot of things to help people. Um, refugees and and just to name a few, she's done a lot for the country. She's done a lot for the people who are in mm. need. Uh, it gives us great honor, ladies and gentlemen, to introduce on the show for the very first time, Miss Deborah Henry. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. I'm almost as nervous as when I was at Miss Universe. <laughs> <laughs> almost minus the heels and makeup. <laughs> it's like it's like okay. I know I know we're gonna be having a a, a beauty queen on the show. I'll be like okay. I need to polish up my English so I don't sound stupid in front yeah, of her. Yeah, oh my god. But I, I know. I mean, she's chill, right? You're chill, right? I'm chill. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I mean, like. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm yes. so excited to be here. First things first. I mean, what's been up? I I I know um my, my uh some of our producers got in touch and said, "Hey, you know, would you like to have Deborah on the show?" And I'm like, "Of course." I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, we've always seen you from afar. I have seen you from afar because you know you're on TV, you're on magazines and stuff like that, and now you're here. I mean, like, what's been up? Well, I've seen you from afar too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, the million hits kind of the guy. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, where, what's up? So much. Um, I mean, moving on with life, trying to, uh, you know, uh, I guess find new uh, ways of doing what I'm doing and things that I care deeply about, and mm-hmm. um, and trying to find a way to connect with the Malaysian public and. Uh, Make them more successful. Wow! Yeah. And, and okay, you you were born in Ireland. Yes. And you know you moved. When did you move to Malaysia? So I was literally, literally born in Dublin, and mm-hmm. then plucked out of Dublin and brought back to KL. So I've Malaysia's always been home. I see. Um, and I only lived like I lived abroad for about four years for when I was modeling for a year when I was seventeen, and then university, and then back here. Oh, so yeah. think, okay. When it comes to modeling, okay, you started modeling at the age of like. 15, 14, yeah. 15. So how does one actually like, you know, in your teenage years where you're still under the, the guidance of your parents and stuff like that, one day just decide, I want to do modeling. I want to be in front of the cover and I want to, you know, mm. be like all these models and kind of try to see whether I've got it or not. 
So actually, I was I was a tomboy in school. I wore I lived in shorts and t-shirts. What? I was in I was. <laughs> you would find me on the basketball court, uh, track and field. Um, I would I, I would I would woman. believe that because you're so tall. <laughs> she walked in. I'm like, oh where did I put my high heels? <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, but yeah, so I mean, that was that was me, and I was in Bangsa one night um, as a. 15 year old and shouldn't probably have been there. It's okay. But, um, it's, you know, no, <laughs> nobody has, okay, nobody has photographic evidence. Okay. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, an agency stopped me and said, Hey, would you like to be a model? And I was like, mm, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went into the agency a couple of weeks later and uh, yeah. And before I knew it, I was doing, I was on runways doing catwalk shows and, and then eventually it was like, mm, maybe this could be something I could be good at. And, and, make a career out of. So it kind of just snowballed along. Oh. Um, it was very gradual and um, kind of convinced my parents. My parents are kind of cool. They were very open to letting me try new things. Oh, wow. But their condition was you have to go to university and get your degree. Uh-huh. So it was um, finishing school, uh, spent a year in London modeling, and then, uh, and then uh, went to Australia for uni and then oh. came back. And that's when the pageants started. I see. I see. But mm-hmm. well, here's something that I kind of want to bring up. I spoke to Art about this. I know, okay, so, you know, you went oh, to God. school and then you go to university. Like, people will not know this. I'm not sure if you remember. Obviously, she doesn't remember. Yeah. I mean, then again, we, it, it'll be tough. I mean, does a, does a, does a name, Mr. Budrum, kind of like <laughs> ring through your head? Yes. Ah! See, she remembers Mr. Budrum. At college. Yes, at college. Do you remember that? Okay, here's the funny thing. I was actually in the same class as you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know, of course, lah. Because yeah, I, I was, was, I was like the. I mean, I think I was quite quiet. I you were my, so quiet. I kind of kept to myself. Yeah, the basketball girl. Yeah, <laughs> the no. track field girl. Okay, here's the thing, though. Okay, so I remember you were in Taylor's College doing CPU. Yeah, it's it's called CPU. I can't remember. Yeah, Canadian Pre University. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing business admin class. Uh, it was our first first week of college. <laughs> okay, by the way, you know, I was just there for two months. Then I freaking dropped out and gone to another uni. Like, that's why we oh, probably- Oh, no wonder I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I remember Deborah very, very clearly because, you know, I was sitting with my bunch of friends, Suwang friends. Like, okay, we were sitting in one corner and then, you know, we were sitting in Mr. Budrum's class and all of a sudden, you know, there's this one girl who's so tall walked in and my friend like, oi, 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 oi. I looked at her and I was like, what? He's like, who's that? I was like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> and that's when my friend kind of got interested and he, all he could do was just keep talking about Deborah. He's mm. like, I'm like, mm. and I'm like, okay. And I'll just like, I'll just shy away. And I'm like, good luck in your, in your whole escapade. But you know, I will not name who this person is. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's, that's how I met. That's oh how, gosh. that's how I remember you. I, and when you were on the, the big screen on the world stage, I'm like, oh, but she was very quiet in class. It's like, you know, when, when the lecturer would say, okay, does anybody have any questions? You know, and then you have the overachievers putting their hands up. <laughs> Me hiding in the corner because I don't know what he was talking about. Yeah. And then she was very quiet. Like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just. Well, I was like 16. So I was probably like, I was quite young when I, yeah. Yeah. I was like, and then everyone, I mean, it was sort of, and you were on your own, you're kind of out of school and stuff. So yeah. It was pretty intimidating that class because of our lecturer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was he a was, bit of a scary man. Yeah, he was quite scary. But, but it's interesting. Uh, I think one one interesting thing was is modeling was modeling your passion, or d- did everything just came along with the flow all of a sudden, unexpectedly? 
and you just decided to go with the flow. How how did I even like one thing I've learned in life is never say never because uh. everything I said like I will never do that. I end up doing it. And even 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 beauty pageants. I was when I started modeling. I knew a lot of the girls like Elaine Daly, Ariana Teo, Lena mm-hmm. Teo. They were they were like friends or mentors. Yeah. And and they were like you have to join you know Miss Malaysia. And I was like oh my god no. Mm-hmm. These pageants are so derogatory to women. Yeah, and yeah. like I was very like feminist back then. And <laughs> and it was. You know, I'm never gonna join this rah 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 rah. You know, and like a few years later, I was I joined, and not only one but two pageants. So yeah. it's so yeah, it's kind of for me. It's the path has always been. I think what I my lesson learned now is to like be open, um, and opportunities come your way, and you never know what yeah. comes your way, and whether you should take advantage of it, grab it while you can. Um, so yeah, so modeling was never a thing for me, but I realized the platform it gave me. And same with pageants. Like when I joined um, in 2007 Miss World, it was really because it was a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond standing on stage in a bikini and waving or, you know, that sort of stuff. It was a it was an amazing platform that I knew I could use to talk about things that mattered to me. Right. Plus, you're kind of a rep- representing your country as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It is, you know, wearing your sash. And when you're at like Miss World, Miss Universe, they don't call you by your name. You're known as your country. Mm-hmm. So literally for a month, they say, Malaysia, come here, Malaysia, <laughs> oh we need my you. God. Like, okay. that's your name. And wow. it's, a, it's, it's a surreal, um, it's a pretty cool experience. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's insane. I mean, like... To not even want to, or haven't even had the slightest thought, because a lot of there are a lot of people out there who are probably just like eager to be in this industry, and there you are, um, you know, standing on the world stage, and you know, sometimes wearing really like you know, really gorgeous outfits, and sometimes like you mentioned, wearing a bikini. This is this is where I kind of want to ask the question. You know, you're you're in the front line. You're on on cover of magazines. You're wearing you know. Uh, fashions like fashion's finest how does that i mean have you at any point in your career ever had any insecurities of yourself particularly when you have so many people who have their own mindset and their own judgment upon you oh my gosh yeah (laughs) um like i I was 15 when i started and i was you should see. You should have seen how much food I ate. I ate back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I was. I was always. I was so athletic. And within like two months of modeling, it was. I was comparing myself to other girls, other women. I was told like, make sure you don't put any more weight on on your hips, on your this that. And I'm 15, and I'm like, huh? like, and and you're thrown into this thing, and you have to grow up. And and you and and that industry is very much based on how you look. Mm. Like, there's no two ways about it. Like if you're a scientist, rocket scientist, it's about your brain, but this is about your physical attributes. So you can't, you have to accept that's part of the game. Um, and for me, I think it was, I went through it. Like I had, I, had, I had issues with food, my relationship with food. I would starve myself of certain things mm-hmm. and then I would end up eating an entire chocolate cake in one go. Mm-hmm. Like you have these weird things that you go through trying to figure out your body and yourself. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but having, I think, a strong family, having uh, like I think a moral compass, kind of going back to yourself and what really matters to you, and and uh, having that support support around you really yep. matters um, because it is. I mean, and even now with social media, it's even worse. Like everyone has an opinion, mm-hmm. and they're gonna look at you, and it's you're very objectified. We talk about like men objectifying women, and yep. that does happen, but. So does everyone else. It's not a gender thing to some degree. It's everyone kind of, you know, we take, think it's our right to kind of go da 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 and we just share our opinions and we forget that someone else has a heart. 
Right, and and the and the reason why I'm asking this is because like you know um you know in the in the line that we we work in you know we kind of have a lot of people kind of writing in, um and when it comes to sometimes females they will always reach out and say that you know what I kind of think I look ugly, I look horrible, and again you know you will get some people saying that you know I wish I was like Deborah Henry she looks perfect I bet she doesn't have any insecurities at all and that's why I kind of want to have you talk about it a little bit more kind of to to kind of I'm gonna dwell in a little bit more into like okay. What are some of the insecurities that you had of yourself that kind of like affected you in a way, but in the end you overcame it and how? Um, like I said, one of the main things was my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I went from, like I said, eating pretty much anything I wanted to then pretty much starving myself oh, wow. of certain foods. Um, like zero carbs, zero dessert, zero sugars, and I love my chocolate. <laughs> so you know what that does? It makes you go a bit mad. And then when you see that cake, you just eat it all. And then you feel sick and you feel guilty and you feel all sorts of things. And and then you're constantly going to work. And I would literally do things where I would look at the pair of pants on another model. Mm-hmm. And if it was loose on her, if the same size was loose on her and tight on me, something was wrong with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> I wanted to like not work out because I didn't want to have shape. I didn't want muscles. I didn't want... But I didn't want boobs. I did like you wanted to. I wanted to be like a plank. Oh wow! And that that was me from being an ath- athletic person. You know where you, you? I used to run. I was like representing my school, 100, 200 meters. Mm-hmm. So you went from being muscular and being fit to then just wanting to be skinny. And it took me. It actually was joining uh, the beauty pageants that mm-hmm. actually helped me. Uh, actually helped improve my relationship with my body, and mm-hmm. because. It went from just being judged based on how I looked. I, models are hangers, right? You're a hanger for clothes. Mm-hmm. That's really it to some degree. Wow. That's, and, yeah. And yeah. that's a very straightforward way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And I went from that to then actually, no, I have an opinion. I have a voice. It's, so, it's about being fit and healthy and representing your country. And that, that broadened everything. It was so much more mean. And it was so much more me. You know, I'm not, I wasn't just that thing. And so that was, and that was a journey of, of like, then working out and being fit and being feeling good about myself and then being able to eat whatever I want in moderation. So I really believe in moderation. Um, and, and there's always going to be someone prettier, uh, sexier, taller, smarter, better. Like there's, you're, there's always that in life. So if you're going to keep comparing yourself with other people, there is no end to that. Um, that's one. And then the second thing for me I can think of is rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people see these glitzy, uh, photoshopped covers, um, the photographs, the stuff we put on Instagram today, catwalks, the TV commercials, everything is, it's, it's managed. It's, it's beautified. Yeah. And I was just talking to a friend yesterday about when I lived in London as a model, the amount of, like I would travel an entire day to four parts of London, which is a very big city to go for castings. And they would literally sit there, flip your book open, Mm -hmm. look at your face for two minutes and then go, thanks for coming. And you were one of like 50 models who were standing there. Oh, wow. And that constant rejection, like, you know, you can't take it to heart. So you numb yourself, like, whatever. If it works out, it works out, whatever. So you learn to not expect, to not like expect anything from anyone because I'm not putting my hope up. I'm not going to get my hope up. And so, yeah, so rejection is another thing. And how do you overcome that? How do you, as you get older and, and, and your life goes beyond just one aspect, how do you like... How do you not lose touch with yourself? Because I think people, we all go through difficult things in life. That's life. It's, it's a wave. There are ups, there are downs. Yep. No one has a perfect life. There yep. isn't a such thing. And 
you either can become really numb and and not feel anymore and sh- close close like close down close off or you can choose to still to to be vulnerable to feel to live to experience the highs and the lows and appreciate the growth that comes with that right um and it makes you be a better person and i think for me i think at miss universe in 2011 it was a very i mean if i were to be honest it's still something i think about today it's it took me like I only started watching Miss Universe two years ago because I couldn't bear to watch it. That's how painful it was Mm -hmm. that I felt like I could finally place and I believed it. And all the internet, all the polls, online polls were like, Malaysia's going to be top five or Malaysia's going to be number one, you know? And I was like, can we really win Miss Universe? Mm -hmm. And I had like hundreds of people back in KL supporting me. And I just felt, I felt the... I felt the whole nation was behind me and I was in Brazil standing on that stage and my family flew all the way there and I could see the Malaysian flag like fluttering in the crowd and Mm -hmm. they call the top 10 countries and we all know only two, three Asian countries get in, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it was like (laughs) one country, Asian country down. I was like, oh my God. And then another, another one. And then finally, right till the end and I was standing near Philippines and it was like, oh my God. And then the camera was like pans and it kind of like plays with you and you're like, what the hell is going on? I'm going to faint. And then finally it zoomed in on Philippines. And then it's just, I felt like, my God, the world, like I just felt like the ground was opening up to swallow me. And I could see the flag just drop. And and how do you come back from that? When you're like at ground zero and you feel like there there isn't any lower I can go, you have to bounce up, you know? And it's a very... my biggest lesson from that was resilience. Like mm-hmm. you got to have grit in life. Wow. Anything that's... you do. And, and it's been, and because I do so much work with women today and girls mm-hmm. and uh, everything you said earlier about everyone has insecurities and I'm not standing here as a beauty queen, as someone who's perfect, but it's, we all struggle. We have our own struggles. And so it's, that's, it's taught me so much that allows me to then give to others. Wow. That's, that's a, that's an amazing story. Yeah, Owen, you have anything to say? I, if there's one thing I want to ask you, because this is, uh, this is something my friend has shared with me, and she is, oh, a quite a well-known model. And uh, is it true that in the modeling industry, one of the dark sides of the modeling industry is that uh, when you're not needed, you will just be dumped immediately without even being um, like consulted. Mm. Like you know, because fresh faces come in almost every single day, so. For them to keep up with uh, with their their progress or their status, they have, like you say, they have to constantly fit into the requirements, which is you either you you uh, either staff yourself or or you maintain a, a a particular shape. And one thing I realized about my friend is she's not happy, although she earns a lot, like a huge sum sum of money, but she's not happy doing it, but she still chooses to do it. Well, yeah. Do you feel you have power? I think that's what it comes down to. How much power does she feel that she has? Because you're at everyone else's, uh, you're at the, what's the call? What's the word? You're at the beck and call mercy of everyone else. It's, do they want to use you for a show? Do you, do they think you look nice in their clothes? Do they like your look? You know, are you good enough? And so you just sit there waiting for someone to cast you and use you. You have no control. You're like, it's all, you're powerless. That's what I felt. And so how do you like, and, and does that give you happiness? No. But I think as a, as a model, especially in Malaysia, it's a very small industry. You have to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, it, this can't be your career forever. You know, eventually there are going to be new faces and, yeah. and which is fine. So you've got to figure out what's next. You've got to like be smart enough to, to like 
innovate and think beyond create other opportunities because it's a great industry. You meet tons of people from all sec from all sectors. You have a great network. It's how you're going to use it. Um, but if it's going to be, unless you're like, you know, a super, a supermodel and you're minting money and you're like in on the runway of Milan, Paris, <laughs> New York. Yeah. The struggle is real. <laughs> and then you can't, like, if you look in Malaysia, most, a lot of, you know, celebrities or people who work in entertainment, they don't do just one thing. They do a few things. Um, so you've, you can't, very often it's not just what, a singer or an actor. You're hosting, yeah. you've got a, nowadays a lot of people have their own brands. You, you, you know, you're an influencer in other ways. You use your platform for multiple, like, reaches. So, you're and not, ultimately it's happiness. Yeah, so. it's, it's, in other words, I think, like, you know, you can't just depend wholly on one thing and just be basically happy and successful. I think most successful people tend to uh, diverse their portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean like it's it's I mean like with 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 regards to your friend who and you know when she's not happy but you know is it is she sticking into this industry just because that's the only way that she can make money or the only way that she can kind of like you know make ends meet or is there some sort of uh, reassurance, self-assurance that she's actually looking for, which a lot of people tend to look for these yeah, days? Yeah, I mean, it is an industry that like, it feeds you in this, like you look amazing yeah. in that yes, dress exactly. and you're yeah. so stylish. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, it's this vicious cycle that like you can't almost get yes, out of it. Yes, yes, so. yes. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, um, you know, um, not just, not just women, but you know, guys equally. When they are, you know, social media influencers, and they suddenly just blow up, and you know, they get millions of views, and they get millions of likes, and all of a sudden, one day, they're just like halved by, you know, by likes or views, and they're dropping and stuff, and then they're like, oh my god, it's the algorithm. Oh my god, it's this. Oh my god, people don't like me anymore, and then they tend to kind of like evolve to something when they're not. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I have a good question. Oh my god, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that just triggered it. This okay. This is a very straightforward and honest uh, uh, question I have. I've been wanting to ask: Are models trained to be? I mean, to oh my god, this is gonna uh, don't don't. I mean, if the shoe fits, feel free to wear it. But are models in generally trained to to act like divas? Because <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not even kidding. Every model Do I, I meet, look like diva? it's no no. You don't. You're you're, you're friendly, but oh. <laughs> the many models I've met, they find it so hard to smile like it's just like it's they, it's like a model face like plastered onto their 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 their, their structure here when when they <laughs> walk the runway they've got this like resting bitch face you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Is it on the runway or like at the kopitiam <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's everywhere, everywhere? Yeah. but i'm not sure if it's it's if if that makes them feel um it can be an industry where people take themselves a little bit too seriously like, and that could be anyone, not just a model, right? It could be anyone in the fashion industry that they kind yeah, of walk yeah, yeah. in and they're a little bit the diva air and it's like, you know, what you see on TV and all that. Yeah, you know, it's not my thing. Um, <laughs> Thank <laughs> I'm God. I'm like, yeah, for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm all about substance. Like, you know, I mean, if you want to act a little bit like that and you bring something to the table, maybe. But for me, beyond that, it's about being nice. You know, you exactly. got to treat people with respect, whoever they are, respect people's trade, their art, um, whoever they are, at whatever level they work for you uh, or you work with them. And you, it's a it's being relatable. If you want to turn up and, you know, look all like high and mighty and people are going to feel intimidated. And, and that it's something I get even till today, even though I try and smile. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people will automatically judge you just because you you were in the world stage. You were in a very prestigious event. You'd be like, oh, Deborah Henry, ah, she must be really, really snobbish because, you know, she's all high and mighty and, you know, hang out. I'm pretty sure you get a lot of that. Yeah, but that's kind of human nature, right? We all judge, prejudge and, you know, and it's okay. 
I'm okay with that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but if I can, you know, if you meet people and they see you for who you are and you chat with someone and then, you know, they get to see a little bit more of you, Exactly, right? and so, then they eventually let other people know. Yeah, so it's more like a lesson to, like, try not to, like, judge too much, I guess. We all judge, but, you know, within reason, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you were, okay, so you, I'm pretty sure, uh, okay, you were put in this position where um, you were very well-known and it's sometimes tough to always try to please everyone. You know what I mean? When you walk into a room full of like um, a press conference, full of media people, you know, you, you feel like, you know, you have to basically, I won't say force yourself, but you have to make yourself smile and be nice to everyone. Uh, uh, and basically in hopes to not, because, you know, some people will have the fear of, oh no, I hope they hate, I hope they don't hate me mm. and whatever not. So have that, have you ever gone through that trying really, really hard to, in your career to like please everyone and then without you realizing, you know, you're being someone that you're not? Yeah, and I think absolutely because I started so young, I was still a kid. And so I kind of grew up, I grew up in, in the industry. Um, so you make mistakes, you learn as you go along, you observe other people around you. And like for me, I don't have idols and people and that, but I observe traits and qualities in different people. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a bit of that, you know, and try that out. So it's, yeah, and it's how you make people feel, how, how you make people feel about themselves, you know, from whether you get interviewed by media or you're meeting someone at the press conference and mm -hmm. understanding that they come with all their biases and their everything that they bring to the table and how do I just be me? And it's something that I've learned over the years. Initially, I carried a lot of expectations of what people wanted yes, from me. Yes, exactly. And that, especially the beauty queen, you're so like, you gotta look a certain way, sit a certain way, act a certain way. Wave a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something I wasn't very good at. I was like, what on earth is this? I was like, it felt quite fake doing that. But, um, but yeah, you kind of, I think you grow up and you, you realize I just have to be me. Mm -hmm. and, it, and also because if you're not, it, like you say earlier, it's like you become unhappy and you have internal struggles with, why am I doing this? And this is not me and stuff. So it's, for me, it's just learning to, it's being honest and genuine to who I am. Um, but that, that, that to me is, it's, you know, it's being good to yourself and I don't do something. I speak my mind. I'm very vocal. I always have been in the industry. If you do something wrong, I'm, I'm going to call you out on it. Wow. You know, I'm not in a terrible, like name and shame, <laughs> okay. you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm not going to let someone take me for a ride. And that's what happens in this industry. You lose your voice. You lose your power because you're at the mercy of everyone else. So it's always about, oh, be quiet. Don't say anything because then you're going to lose work or lose jobs or lose this. And you can't live life like that. You got to, cal it's calculated risk, right? You got to weigh it out. Um, and, that, and that's also what's like led me, I think, to doing the work I do with marginalized communities and, and, and that it's, it's, yeah, it's you, it's using that platform. It's being genuine, using my voice for something that I care about. Um, and I think people initially it was, oh my god, beauty pageant and world peace. Are you kidding me? And it's like I was, <laughs> I, I fit the cliche. Yeah, like, people tend to make a mockery out of that. It's like they keep saying that, oh, what what do you want as a world, as, peace. Yeah, world peace? And then people <laughs> tend well, to that's always because of miss right? They <laughs> oh, yeah. like, did it for us. But yeah, so you have that horrible stigma that's attached to you, and so. No one really probably knew I studied political science and economics at uni. It, mm -hmm. was, an, it was an interest. I studied that. And after that, I was like, I want to work for an international organization. And it so happened that I became a beauty queen. Mm -hmm. And I used that platform to my advantage. So it was an interest. And I was doing it even before pageants. But you still get that judgment. So it took years for people to actually take me seriously. And even till today, I mean, I run a full-on nonprofit. We 
you know, and a social enterprise. We've helped thousands, we work with thousands of um, refugees and marginalized communities. And I still get people go, that's so, they tap me on the shoulder and go, that's nice, you're helping charity work, helping people, helping the less fortunate. Oh. And I'm like, what? This is not like some, I just do this like a couple of hours on the weekend. It's like, it's an ongoing real, effort. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, but again, I, like I think I understand where where the public is coming from because um, having to look at all the, the the models from the industry, the pageants and whatnot. One question: You being very vocal, how authentic do you think models are these days? Because let's be honest, all these uh, projects they have, all this mission, vision, and all that that yabba dabba do's, <laughs> it only lasts for a couple of minutes for the sake of the competitions or for the sake of getting votes or for the sake of impressing people. You know, people like I, I, I like you, I invest my time so much in social services and I genuinely care about it. So I get very irked when I see people who do it for the sake of votes or attention and then uh, after a couple of months, you don't see anything else from them. Everything just fades off and, and you're like, so where was the, the, the whole... Uh, uh, promise the promise the, the the confidence you had in ensuring that you would do something and all of that and yeah, I, well, well that's what I ask when I judge beauty like beauty pageants I ask the girls because they come and say if I win you know the question is what will you do when you win or if you win and, <laughs> and they go when I win I'm going to you know the charity answer right and I so and I say well if you don't win are you still going to do it mm. because if you care so much about it it's yes it's a platform but if you don't win you should still do it right I mean if that's the right thing to do. So for me, it's more, you like you say, the, you'll see it. If, yeah. if, if something is genuine, well, whoever the person is, they don't have to be famous, they don't have to be whatever, anyone from any walk of life. If, it's, if what they do is real, if it's genuine, um, if it's authentic, you'll see it in years to come. Yes. And, and you, you'll, you'll see it grow. Um, if it's not, it's not going to last very long. Oh. You know, and that's it. And, I mean, and that's just it. Like, I think that's what that's said. Their, that their thing, that, that's their thing. Uh, that falls on them then. That's, you know? that's, that's, that's why it's said that people use charity as a way to, 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 to gain attraction or attention or engagement and all of that instead of genuinely investing their time in, mm. in, make, in like nurturing a better society. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I almost don't like the word charity. I just haven't found a better word for it. <laughs> I'm like, what other word could I use? Because it becomes, oh, charity, you do charity. And, and it becomes like, handouts where you're constantly like giving someone a free meal a free this and i'm all for that like there is a time and place where you need to give someone that kind of support yep. but like for us at our organization for fuji it's about i want to give you a hand up i want to help you to the point where you don't need me anymore i think you can it's, go on it's not charity it's responsibility it's our basic responsibility as a human being you don't need to be someone huge in the industry you absolutely don't, you don't even need to have a lot of money Absolutely. If you make someone smile, that's your responsibility. If you lend a hand, it's your responsibility. You 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 help someone overcome their issues, responsibility. I think it all uh, roots down to your responsibility as a human being, not charity. Charity makes it sound like we are indebted to... Yeah, it's to, like to, a victim. You're yeah. the victim and I'm the saviour yeah, coming exactly. to help you. But look at the world today. I mean, look at the Australian bushfires. Look at look at um, the haze that happened. You know, um, even this, uh, this unfortunate coronavirus. It's, do you think these... Ch issues respect boundaries and countries and people and the skin color of course not it's it doesn't discriminate it's it affects all the world whether you're whether you were part of it or not part of it doesn't matter and so coming back to your point like we have to change how we live our lives and how we think we're all interconnected and for me i really believe that in order for me to have a good life if, even if i was selfish mm -hmm. and i said 
I just care about myself. But in order for me to live a good life and to enjoy the world, I need to make sure that you guys are also taken care of. Because if you're suffering, I'm not going to be able to like thrive. Like, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it really is when once and one person suffers and something affects them, it's going to affect everyone. Um, and you see that with climate change and everything. So I think really with, even with, you know, I talk a lot to the younger generation, like to teenagers and young adults. And it's like, it's not just about the big car and the big house and your designer handbags, like great, have those things, mm -hmm. you know, if it gives you pleasure, but you need to think about the world and think about your role in the world. Like you can, it's, it's the power of one, you can change a life, you can have impact. Um, and, and it matters because one fine day, you know, it's, you know, when, you know, we need to take care of each other. Um, so I, I mean, even for me in Malaysia, like it's, we need to talk about humanity and human values and not values at the end of the day. Like, I don't care who you are and whatever your thing is, but it's about humanity, you know? Wow. at the core of it and that's the language that we need to hear from our leadership I wow. think that can be seen, can be seen by um, this unfortunate passing of uh, Ashraf yep. Sinclair yep. how it it impacted so many people and not only him uh, the one um, also recently uh, Abam Abam Boche mm -hmm. the amount there were I think thousands of people gathered at the mosque just wow. to pay their final respects. That showed yeah. how much he left the world with kindness yep. for people to actually be able to move to see him for the last time. A life well lived. And even yeah. Ashraf as well, you know? And I think this is what matters most that when you die, you live with an impact in, in society. And, you know, I think that's just what all of us need to learn. To do more without expectations yeah but just you know genuinely okay that's and and you know coming back to what you're currently doing you were talking about you know you're working on a project or you've been doing so for quite a while with the refugees can you talk uh, talk to us a bit more about that yeah so um about 10 years ago i met a refugee family mm -hmm. and uh from somalia four siblings and they weren't in school mm -hmm. and they lived less than 20 minutes from our twin towers and for me, my mom, my mom's a teacher, my sister is in education. And I think for me, it was this, what? Like, how are these kids gonna, like, what life are they gonna have? Mm -hmm. They can't spell, you can't read, you can't write. Like, it's, there is no future, there is no hope. Um, and so we started, my uh, university friend and I started a tuition center, which has see, since grown into like a school. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, we pretty much uh, educate any child that cannot go to a uh, cannot afford a private school or can't go to a government school. So, stateless or uh, refugee or anyone who lacks the the prop the identification to get accepted into regular schools. Wow. Um, so yeah, we've educated over five hundred kids over the past ten years. That's um, that's a, wow. that's amazing. Wow. It's, it's, and it's kind of like what Arwin is doing right now. Arwin, could you could you care uh, to share a bit of light on what you do? In your, uh, yeah. So my mom and I, we run an NGO for the underprivileged kids around our area. We live in Aipanas. Mm -hmm. So the kids there are not really um, uh, able to afford education, uh, tuition fees, um, proper clothes, even uniforms and all of that. So this NGO is basically to provide them with all of these free tuition classes, yoga mm -hmm. classes, dance wow. classes, anything that helps them express themselves instead of keeping it in for a very mm. long time. And just uh, a year ago, last year, we actually collaborated with one of the uh, refugee, refugee schools in um, Brickfields. I'm not sure. I can't remember the name. But we organized a sports day and uh, over 100 refugee students and our students, we 
basically just conducted one of the most beautiful events I've ever, ever, ever experienced in life. Because I, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Because it was plain joy. No one was there to, to judge. Oh, are you Indian? Or are you Chinese? Or where are you from? Are you not from here? Everyone was just too busy laughing, uh, having fun, just... It, 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 you cannot express certain things. You can only feel certain yeah. things. You know what but I you mean? But so. you know what the beautiful thing about what you just said is? Kids get it. It's the adults that are like the yeah. ones that like. <laughs> kids get it. <laughs> yes. They don't see all that crap. They just, you know, they have fun. They understand the, the beauty of joy. Yeah, they don't see differences. They're kind of like, oh, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just want to yeah. run down that field and, and get my medal, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, but, but what breaks my heart about about children is that in all these difficult situations, children suffer the most. Yeah. You know, at stuff that's caused by us adults and children suffer the most. And the fact that like any kid and who, I don't, Malaysian, refugee, stateless, whatever, whoever, it's the fact that these kids, that they could go through life never having been able to realize their potential like mm -hmm. and 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 that kid could be the next you if mm -hmm. you know the kid could be i mean einstein was a refugee uh steve jobs dad i think was a refugee they could be that kid could grow up to have to create a vaccine that saves your mom from a disease like that's how interconnected we are yep. and when you deprive kids like children of these this of seeing their potential come yeah. to life that's really sad um we're, we're we're actually robbing the world of so much um if only we saw it that way. I, I always believe that every child has a full potential to do anything they want given the right resources. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, obviously there are limitations in some certain places. So with regards to your NGO, you know, how do you, you've been doing it for 10 years, you know, how do you sustain, you know, where do you get, you know, where do you get support from? Yeah, so we've, we get a lot of support from the private sector. So mm -hmm. through uh, CSR, ah. um, a lot of fundraisers. Um, I think when people understand, they come visit the school, they see the work we do, they're like, yeah, you know what? I want to support this. And so that's really nice to see. Um, and when you spend time with another human being, like you, you learn their story, you know, nothing else matters. Um, so we also run our own fundraisers. Um, we have sponsorship programs where individuals can like get involved. We work with tons of universities. Wow. Um, so it's really, it's for me, it's, it's one aspect is raising funds, which is super important because we're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other aspect is really, I think it's a human connection. Um, how do we build that? So volunteers and, and, and any opportunity where you can meet someone and share your story is, is that that's really important. And are, are you solely managing this yourself or you have like a huge team that's working um, with you? No, we have, we have a, a big team. Um, definitely not me that does this all. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd, but you were the, in, I, I'm assuming that you were the initiator that started all this. Yeah, so I founded the organization, the nonprofit, essentially. What's the name of the nonprofit? So it's called Fuji. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a play on uh, refugee and also the Fujis. Mm -hmm. they, oh. Some of the Fujis are actually refugees. Mm. Um, yeah. And if you listen to their music, it, it actually very much uh, touches on a lot of, you know, uh, refugee challenges and, and the story. And for those listening, you know, the Fujis are actually a very popular band back in the, back in your parents' days. <laughs> oh my God, days. I forgot that. I was like, mm. <laughs> back in your parents' days, my mom comes to you, you, you listen to the Fujis? Um, wait, wait, what song did he sing again? Dang it. Um, what's that? What's that? The okay. Lauren Hill song? What was the one? Uh, Killing Me Softly. Yep, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, Hill. you know, all the rappers that basically taken that song, Killing Me Softly, and remade them into like hits. Yeah, they came for the Fujis. <laughs> Do you know the Fujis? Nope. Okay. <gasps> no. <laughs> 
I know. I'm, I'm dating. I'm, I'm saying that I know. I'm kind of dating myself. No, I'm not. I'm not. We're young. Come on. Oh we're young. God, now I really feel old. Dang <laughs> <laughs> it. Go Google that. <laughs> yeah. I, it's amazing. It's amazing from to see your journey, to be honest. I mean, like from someone who's sitting behind you in class oh to, gosh, to <laughs> now she knows um, <laughs> to see you take the world stage to represent the country to basically doing something that you truly believe in. And that's that's amazing because not everyone would do that because most of the time, okay, I, I want to, I don't want to say that everyone, most of the time, everybody tends to only want to look out for themselves. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. how do I survive this rat race? How do I survive? You know, how do I get this job? How do I progress? How do I get promoted? How do I start a family and stuff? And then here you are, um, you know, devoting your time. I'm not sure whether, you know, you know, whether, uh, I mean, I'm not sure you could probably gonna do this for a long time, but you know, how much sacrifice have you basically sacrificed in order to basically run this whole refugee camp? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it takes your time. Mm -hmm. It takes your time and your energy. Is um, this is this what you're fully okay? I, is this what you're fully focused on, or do you have a few things going on at the same time? I do a few things. So I, I mean, I I'm, I still am in the industry hosting yeah. uh, all the usual uh, fashion and entertainment shebang. <laughs> um, but this is this is keep this has kept me sane. Oh, it's funny when you ask like as if I'm helping others, but actually it's kept me. It's kept me grounded. It's made me realize it put things into it puts things into perspective when you have your like your pity party days where you're like, why me? My life is <laughs> terrible. And then you kind of realize when you look at someone else and you're like, you know what? I'm really blessed. I have it good. Yeah, it's a cliche um, as it may sound because a lot of people, a cliche, yeah, yeah, people will always say that, oh, you, you know, when you look at all these other people who are less fortunate, then you'd be like, oh, you should be blessed and stuff like that. To be honest, uh, it's very hard. It's not easy to explain it. Mm. Like Arwin mentioned just now, there's only one way for you to understand it is to feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, yes, I have uh, uh, done certain things for the unprivileged children. I, I learned it from my mom. So my yeah. mom, my mom's a single mother. So every time I be, I I remember this very very clearly. When I was young, I used to go to those hawker stores, lah, right? Because we couldn't afford to eat those <laughs> atas place. So she would go and she would pack food for me because I was twice the size. So she would pack double. <laughs> but she would always come out and when she sees a woman with a child who is begging on the street, she'll go back in and she'll buy a crap load of food, which is more than what can feed me in a week, and just go to her and give him all to her. And I'm like, oh, mom, why are you doing that? Why did you just give her money? And then she can just spend it on whatever she needs. And she's like, no, I'd rather give it, give her food because that's what she needs. She needs food, she needs water. And then, you know, um, and if I were to give her money, you know, she may use it for the wrong things. Yeah. Um, and that's where I learned how to kind of instill kindness to, to people, you know. Um, another, another, I remember another, another case was when um, my mom was driving and uh, she saw a family um, who was basically father was on the motorbike, the child was in the middle, and the pregnant mother was behind the child. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she just when she <laughs> like fast and furious, yeah! it stopped. And then she basically put the mom, the mom and the child together with me oh. in the back seat to oh, bring wow. her to the hospital. Wow. And that's and that's where I felt that my because my mom's a teacher, so I felt like wow, my mom is my mom's superwoman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She has a lot of friends and all her students were all, until today, you know, it's like so funny. Like, so I get messages like, you know, your mom used to teach me and I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, and, 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 and that much of an impact. And the thing is, my mom, my mom is, I mean, sorry to say this, my mom is nobody influential. My mom's not a big superstar, whatever not. And she chooses to do this because she says that this makes me feel whole. Mm. She says that it's, it's, it's like, I've been put into this earth to not see people suffer. If I can, I will basically do whatever I can to make sure that everybody doesn't suffer. But this is what yeah. keeps me whole. That's what she told me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, and you don't need to be a millionaire to like do good. So this whole thing of like, I'll wait till I'm rich and I got some money. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not, you know. 
and and people when you know where you know when you are like people ask you who are your idols who are the people you, you look up to and you know we we talk about like Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama and these are great individuals and yeah. totally inspirational but very often it's like the people in your life in the people in your immediate circle yes. that you can learn so much from yeah. yeah so to be honest I think like I mean like when you mentioned like people like Michelle Obama they are very influential people I mean they can go on the stage and talk about things and people are, yes 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 I believe in that but to be honest the most influential people are within your family circle mm. and everything begins from home and yes. as I say this because you know uh, Arwen uh, whatever Arwen's doing uh, right now it's not originally for your mom Yes. Yeah, your mom was the the main initiator of this. 15 years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and Arwen being where he is now in this position. I mean, it's a totally different industry altogether cuz you know, he's he's in an industry where he's an entertainer and he's built a following. Mm-hmm. And he most of the time it's like, yes, people see him as the person that entertains. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'm trying to get his phone and it doesn't pick up <laughs> because he's in the school teaching his kids uh, you know how to have fun and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's I, how everyone gets annoyed. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm usually in the school every single day wow, because there's tuition classes, done, and whenever I'm in school, I do not attend to my phone, and that's like my priority. School comes first. So my manager gets annoyed with me, Jane gets annoyed with me, and I'm here like, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really it's really nice to hear your story. It's a ama- it's an amazing story. Your journey has just you know it's very I I, w- I would imagine that your journey has been very very fulfilling for you. It has made you kind of like search that inner person that you didn't realize when you were 15 because, you know, you put it in the spot. Yeah. I mean, my journey has been, it's kind of scary because it's, it's like you have to be kind of fearless. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're always, there's no, I've never had a nine to five job. I've never <laughs> had constant income. I've never had like the things that a lot of people hold on to for like stability. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I flow with it, you know, um, and it's embrace change and 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 try out new things and experience i mean i don't i do all kinds of crazy things that like i probably <laughs> never imagined i'd ever do right so you kind of go with it and experience life and yeah and be open to possibilities yeah i i can't believe i'm gonna ask this next question because she was mentioning like please don't ask this any like you know pageant questions but you know what are the three things right now <laughs> what are the three things i mean it's just based on based on this conversation what are the three things right now that keeps you whole mm, wow um, I think the kids in the school, I oh, think wow. the children, okay. I think seeing them succeed, uh, do, do better, do more in life, seeing that their transformation, um, that really, that just like, it makes everything worth it. Right. Um, and knowing my, knowing that I can actually influence and impact other young, especially young girls. I get yeah. a lot of like young girls who, reach out to me for support and and I think a lot of people go through tough stuff yeah. so being able to that that using using everything I've been through it makes it makes it worth it mm-hmm. um yeah and my close friends and family I okay. think that's um and you know and I love traveling so I think that's number 4 and I love traveling <laughs> and I love traveling and seeing the world so it's that's something that feeds my soul I think if I look at it something that really feeds me it's experiencing the world different cultures people um yeah, that that's fun. If if okay, I have to slip, slip this in. But like you know, if we reverse back all when you were fifteen and you didn't meet that agent and you didn't get into modeling and you didn't get into the whole pageant thing, what would you be doing today? I know it sounds like a cliche question, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you I'm pretty sure at that age you kind of had like not a set plan, but kind of like okay, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't one of those kids. I don't know if you guys were. <laughs> I wasn't one of those kids who's like, when they were 14, like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> and this is my whole life plan, my five-year plan. I've never had a five-year plan. <laughs> I don't know how to do five-year plans. Um, I, 
you know, I never, I never had absolute clarity on it, but mm -hmm. I, I remember when I had to apply to university and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to study? Um, I did, I chose uh, political science. So I think that was always something that like social justice, if mm -hmm. I were to be technical, uh, that was something that was always very important to me. Um, and yeah, and I studied that and I came out of uni very um, convinced that like, this is something that I want to kind of dedicate my life to. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but I maybe, maybe, a, maybe, I don't know, like I would think in, I don't know, an international organization or something like that. Okay. And I like travel, I love traveling. So around the world and, and that, but I've been very blessed that I've been able to do that, but on my own terms. Oh, okay. Which is even more special. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Deborah Henry on the show. Today's been amazing. Thank you so much Thank for, 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 for making me. time to, to come on the show, to, to talk to us, tell us about your journey and stuff like that. Um, yes, you have an uh, organization called Fuji. Uh, we're going to put out more details. Actually, you know what? If anybody wants to actually support this organization, what can they do? Yeah, I mean, go to our website, uh, fugee.org. Mm -hmm. um, volunteer, uh, donate, get involved. Um, I think everyone who comes, like you say, spending time experiencing how other people live, different cultures, different people, that's the best way that we can uh, change minds and change hearts. Wow, well said. Arwin, before we go, do you have anything to say? I think I just want to say thank you for being bold, thank you for being brave, and the most important thing is thank you for nurturing a better society. It's it's an honor to be sitting uh, with someone who is so influential, but at the same time using that power for a really, really, really beneficial purpose. And I am extremely honored. Thank you so much Aww. for what you do. And thank so you guys much. for having me. I no mean, problem. Same to both of you. You guys <laughs> are bold, brave, and do so much. So uh, hopefully this you. won't be the last time that you'll be no, on no, the show. No, no, please. I'd love to come yeah, back. I am you know, definitely visiting uh, Fuji. Yeah. Yes, please. And likewise. And yeah, I, I need a bit more comedy in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Mamak Sessions. You can do so on Spotify. You can do so on iTunes. Hey, we're on the charts, okay? We're in the top 10. So if you're not listening, <laughs> follow us on our Instagram, Mamak Sessions. We will speak to you guys next time. <laughs>